just reminding you. We have t-shirts in the shop. Just go to pgttcm.com. Check out all of our cool t-shirts and stickers. Heck, we even got some shelf curtains in there. Keep clean. Look cool. Have cool stickers to put on stuff. Join us on Patreon and get a free sticker. Or don't. It's up to you. spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. This episode is brought to you by California Tea House. California Tea House is a family-owned tea store where you can find some of the world's best loose-leaf tea and organic herbal tea blends. Like a fine wine, there is no comparison between fine loose-leaf and common broken-leaf tea bags. So, yeah, no, check them out. Check them out. They have quite a bit of pretty awesome tea collections. I'm a huge fan of their white teas. Uh, They have a tea club that you can join, but, you know, they've got green tea, black tea, white tea, oolong, that uh, robios and herbal tea. They've also got teaware. So check out California Tea House in the show notes. Hey everyone, it's me, DB. New sponsor on the show, Clary. Clary offers a great price and better quality goods and services for music lovers. Are you looking for good prices, free shipping, 100% quality guarantee? Clary's got you covered. Guitars, bass guitars, mandolins, they've got saxophones, trumpets, drums, they've got guitar cases, amplifiers, all the stuff that you need without having to break the bank. Inexpensive doesn't have to mean cheap. Check out the show notes to find more about Glary. 20 watt amplifiers for under $50. Hard cases for your electric guitar for under 80. Guitars themselves for under $90. Come on folks, check out the show notes. Get a Glary. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Once again, we walk down the lightless stone staircase in the middle of nowhere. You're listening to KZOM. Hey everyone, welcome back to 
People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. It's one of our reading episodes, and this episode we will be going through, let's see, it's the Renkitink, Rintinkatink, oh, you know, our reader does it way better than I do, Rintinkatink in Oz. So yeah, this is, what, the 7th, 8th, 12th book in the Oz series? It's getting in there, we're getting in there, yeah. And I'm going to chop this up into 12 parts, so there's going to be two two chapters each, each, each episode. So, hey, we've got that for the month of October, and maybe I'll throw in some ghost stories at the end of the month. Don't hold me to any of that, because I'm not 100% sure how October is going to go. And if you are lucky enough, at the very beginning of October, H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, and there is also going to be a second H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival that's going to be less in person and more of a streaming thing. Check us out on there. Dave's got some stuff going on on that. I'm going to have some stuff going on on that. And also, I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, Taza Chocolate, Stone Ground Chocolate. And you know what? This is super minimally processed. If you're like me and you have a bunch of food allergies, you can't do dairy, they have dairy-free chocolates. They, they, they use dairy alternatives, uh, minimally processed, of course, organic. I love them. You love them. Taza Chocolates, they, they come in those discs that you can break up and put into hot beverages and stir up. Ooh, I love it so much. Anyway, Oz. So why not, I don't know, sit down with a nice warm beverage. We've got the tea that you can get. We've got the coffee you can get. I don't know, maybe microwave some psychedelic water, baby. All right, here's some Oz. Let's get weird. Chapter 19. Rinky Tink chuckles. We will now relate what happened to Rinky-Tink and Bilbil that morning, while Inga was undergoing his trying experience in escaping the fearful dangers of the three caverns. The King of Gilgad wakened to find the door of Inga's room fast shut and locked, but he had no trouble in opening his own door into the corridor, for it seems that the boy's room, which was the middle one, whirled around on a pivot while the adjoining rooms occupied by Bilbil and Rinkitink remained stationary. The little king also found a breakfast magically served in his room, and while he was eating it, Clink came to him and stated that His Majesty King Calico desired his presence in the royal cavern. So Rinkitink, having first made sure that the pink pearl was still in his vest pocket, willingly followed Clink who ran on some distance ahead. But no sooner had Rinkitink set foot in the passage than a great rock weighing at least a ton became dislodged and dropped from the roof directly over his head. Of course it could not harm him, protected as he was by the pink pearl, and it bounced aside and crashed upon the floor, where it was shattered by its own weight. How careless! exclaimed the little king, and waddled after Clink, who seemed amazed at his escape. Presently another rock above Rinkitink plunged downward, and then another, but none touched his body. Clink seemed much perplexed at these continued escapes, and certainly Calico was surprised when Rinkitink, safe and sound, entered the royal cavern. "'Good morning!' said the king of Gilgad. Your rocks are getting loose, Calico. 
and you'd better have them glued in place before they hurt someone. Then he began to chuckle. <laughs> and Kaliko sat and frowned because he realized that the little fat king was poking fun at him. I asked your majesty to come here, said the gnome king, to show you a curious skein of golden thread which my workmen have made. If it pleases you, I will make you a present of it. With this, he held out a small skein of glittering gold twine, which was really pretty and curious. Rinkitink took it in his hand, and at once the golden thread began to unwind, so swiftly that the eye could not follow its motion, and as it unwound, it coiled itself around Rinkitink's body, at the same time weaving itself into a net until it had enveloped the little king from head to foot and placed him in a prison of gold. Aha! cried Kaliko. This magic worked all right, it seems. Oh, did it? replied Rinkitink, and stepping forward, he walked right through the golden net, which fell to the floor in a tangled mass. Kaliko rubbed his chin thoughtfully, and stared hard at Rinkitink. "'I understand a good bit of magic,' said he. "'But your majesty has a sort of magic that greatly puzzles me, because it is unlike anything of the sort that I ever met before.' "'Now see here, Kaliko,' said Rinkitink. "'If you are trying to harm me or my companions, give it up, for you will never succeed.' We're harm-proof, so to speak, and you are merely wasting your time trying to injure us. You may be right, and I hope I am not so impolite as to argue with a guest, returned the Gnome King. But you will pardon me if I am not yet satisfied that you are stronger than my famous magic. However, I beg you to believe that I bear you no ill-will, King Rinkitink. But it is my duty to destroy you, if possible, because you and that insignificant boy prince have openly threatened to take away my captives, and have positively refused to go back to the earth's surface and let me alone. I'm very tender-hearted, as a matter of fact, and I like you immensely and would enjoy having you as a friend, but—here he pressed a button on the arm of his throne chair, and the section of the floor where Rinkitink stood suddenly opened and disclosed a black pit beneath, which was a part of the terrible bottomless gulf. But Rinkitink did not fall into the pit. His body remained suspended in the air, until he put out his foot and stepped to the solid floor, when the opening suddenly closed again. "'I appreciate your majesty's friendship,' remarked Rinkitink, as calmly as if nothing had happened. "'But I am getting tired with standing. Will you kindly send for my goat Bilbil, that I may sit upon his back to rest?' "'Indeed I will,' promised Kaliko. "'I have not yet completed my test of your magic.' 
and as I owe that goat a slight grudge for bumping my head and smashing my second-best crown, <laughs> I will be glad to discover if the beast can also escape my delightful little sorceries. So Clink was sent to fetch Bilbil, and presently returned with the goat, which was very cross this morning because it had not slept well in the underground caverns. Rinkitink lost no time in getting upon the red velvet saddle which the goat constantly wore, for he feared the Gnome King would try to destroy Bilbil, and knew that as long as his body touched that of the goat, the pink pearl would protect them both, whereas if Bilbil stood alone, there was no magic to save him. Bilbil glared wickedly at King Kaliko, who moved uneasily in his ivory throne. Then the Gnome King whispered a moment in the ear of Clink, who nodded and left the room. "'Please make yourself at home here for a few minutes, while I attend to an errand,' said the Gnome King, getting up from his throne. "'I shall return pretty soon, when I hope to find you peaceful.' <laughs> "'That's a joke you can't appreciate now, but will later. <laughs> Be peaceful. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> How funny!' Then he waddled from the cavern, closing the door behind him. "'Well, why didn't you laugh when Coleco laughed?' demanded the goat, when they were left alone in the cavern. "'Because he means mischief of some sort,' replied Rinkitink. "'And we'll laugh after the danger is over, Bilbil. There's an old adage that says, "'He laughs best who laughs last.' And the only way to laugh last is to give the other fellow a chance. Where did that knife come from, I wonder? For a long, sharp knife suddenly appeared in the air near them, twisting and turning from side to side, and darting here and there in a dangerous manner, without any support whatever. Then another knife became visible, and another, and another until all the space in the royal cavern seemed filled with them. Their sharp points and edges darted towards Rinkitink and Bilbil perpetually, and nothing could have saved them from being cut to pieces except the protecting power of the pink pearl. As it was, not a knife touched them, and even Bilbil gave a gruff laugh at the failure of Coleco's clever magic. The goat wandered here and there in the cavern, carrying Rinkitink upon his back, and neither of them paid the slightest heed to the knives, although the glitter of the hundreds of polished blades was rather trying to their eyes. Perhaps for ten minutes the knives darted about them in bewildering fury, then they disappeared as suddenly as they had appeared. Coleco cautiously stuck his head through the doorway and found the goat chewing the embroidery of his royal cloak, which he had left lying over the throne, while Rinkitink was reading his manuscript on how to be good, and chuckling over its advice. The Gnome King seemed greatly disappointed as he came in and resumed his seat on the throne. Said Rinkitink with a chuckle, <laughs> We've really had a peaceful time, Coleco, although not the peaceful time you expected. Forgive me if I indulge in a laugh. <laughs> and now, 
Tell me, why aren't you getting tired of trying to injure us? Ah, uh, ah, uh, said the Gnome King. I see now that your magic can protect you from all my arts. But is the boy Inga as well protected as your majesty and the goat? Why do you ask? inquired Rinkitink, uneasy at the question because he remembered he had not seen the little Prince of Pingaree that morning. "'Because,' said Kaliko, "'the boy has been undergoing trials far greater and more dangerous than any you have encountered, and it has been hundreds of years since anyone has been able to escape alive from the perils of my three trick caverns.' King Rinkitink was much alarmed at hearing this, for although he knew that Inga possessed the blue pearl, that would only give him marvelous strength, and perhaps strength alone would not enable him to escape from danger. But he would not let Kaliko see the fear he felt for Inga's safety, so he said in a careless way, "'You're a mighty poor magician, Kaliko, and I'll give you my crown if Inga hasn't escaped any danger you have threatened him with.' Your whole crown is not worth one of the valuable diamonds in my own crown, answered the Gnome King. But I'll take it. Let us go at once, therefore, and see what has become of the boy prince. For if he is not destroyed by this time, I will admit he cannot be injured by any of the magic arts which I have at my command. He left the room accompanied by Clink who had now rejoined his master, and by Rinkitink riding upon Bilbil. After traversing several of the huge caverns, they entered one that was somewhat more bright and cheerful than the others, where the Gnome King paused before a wall of rock. Then Clink pressed a secret spring, and a section of the wall opened and disclosed the corridor where Prince Inga stood facing them. "'Tarts and tadpoles!' cried Kaliko in surprise. The boy is still alive. End of chapter 19 Welcome to Usmuth, stranger. Hi, I'm Rob Whiten from the Innsmouth Book Club. Join me and my fellow guide, John Chadwick, as we take you on a fortnightly tour of Innsmouth. We visit places such as the Picture House, the Library and Innsmouth Museum to discuss all aspects of weird fiction, whether it be book, film, music, TV or art. As well as that, we stop over at the Gilman House to have a chat with a resident guest. That includes authors, artists, musicians, in fact, Lovecraftian creatives of all types. You can find our free shows on Patreon, and there you can also sign up as a patron, which brings you bonus content, plus a monthly PDF copy of Innsmouth News, which features articles, author spotlights, all the latest news and reviews, and more. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash InnsmouthBC. We hope to see you soon, because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. 
This month's bandwidth is brought to you by Psychedelic Water. Legal psychedelics suspended in green tea and then put inside of a can for you. Psychedelic Water. Who needs a Tillinghast resonator when you've got psychedelic water? Are you a curvy girl? Do you know a curvy girl? You love a curvy girl. Check out the show links for curvy girl. Plus size clothing for plus size women. Oh, Larry, fine, fine student instruments, beginner's instruments. If you want to modify a guitar, check out Glary. If you want to get into guitars, if you love guitars, Glary. Things from another world. It's a store that has art. It has toys. It has comics, graphic novels. It is the place if you like that kind of stuff. Dave and I have talked about it in the show before. They were ever a sponsor. Dave likes to check out their stuff. I like to check out their stuff. They're pretty cool. Toys, art, graphic design, not graphic design, graphic novels for you. Thanks from another world. Check out the show notes. Uh, check out the links on, on our website, PGPTCM. We've got specific stuff there to let you know what they've got going on for specials. Anyway, thank you again so much. Did you know that there is a THC derivative that's legal called Delta 8? Not to be confused with the Delta variant, but Delta 8. Yeah. Uh, you can get it in chewable form, and it's sold at uh, what, what, what's what's Golden Goat CBD, one of our sponsors. Yeah, you can get some Delta Eight, and you can also pick up some CBD chewables gummies. They've got smokables for the Delta Eight, and they've got all kinds of stuff for CBD, and they can help you out. Uh, check the show notes, Golden Goat. And while you're in the show notes, hey, do you know about Donner? Donner has so many amazing musical instruments from all kinds, mandolins, banjos, they've got drums, they've got amplifiers, they've got guitars, they've got all kinds of stuff, and they ship worldwide. Check out Donner. I think you're going to like it, and I think Donner's going to have a good deal for you. So I, I love their electric guitars. A lot of the music that I perform for the show is either on one brand or it's on a Donner. So check out Donner. And check out some savings. All right. Thank you once again for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. You can help show your support by going to the show notes and following any of the links that'll tell you how to support the show and how to support our guests. And thank you to all of our guests who you can find in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe. And remember, patrons get priority access to asking us questions, suggesting topics, even, I don't know, uh, submitting stuff. Actually, you don't have to be a patron to submit anything. That's how Dave got on the show, and that's how you can get on the show, too. It's the people's guide to the Cthulhu mythos. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Chapter 20, Dorothy to the Rescue one day, when Princess Dorothy of Oz was visiting Glinda the Good, who is Ozma's royal sorceress, she was looking through Glinda's great book of records, wherein is inscribed all important events that happen in every part of the world, when she came upon the record of the destruction of Pingaree, the capture of King Kitticut and Queen Garee and all their people, and the curious escape of Inga, the boy prince, and of King Rinkitink and the talking goat. 
turning over some of the following pages, Dorothy read how Inga had found the magic pearls and was rowing the silver-lined boat to Regos to try to rescue his parents. The little girl was much interested to know how well Inga succeeded, but she returned to the palace of Ozma at the Emerald City of Oz the next day, and other events made her forget the boy Prince of Pingaree for a time. However, she was one day idly looking at Ozma's magic picture, which shows any scene you may wish to see, when the girl thought of Inga and commanded the magic picture to show what the boy was doing at that moment. It was the time when Inga and Rinkitink had followed the King of Regos and Queen of Corrigos to the Gnome King's country, and she saw them hiding behind the rock as Kor and Goss passed them by after having placed the King and Queen of Pingaree in the keeping of the Gnome King. From that time Dorothy followed, by means of the magic picture, the adventures of Inga and his friend in the Gnome King's caverns, and the danger and helplessness of the poor boy aroused the little girl's pity and indignation. So she went to Ozma, and told the lovely girl ruler of all Oz all about Inga and Rinkitink. "'I think Kaliko is treating them dreadfully mean,' declared Dorothy, "'and I wish you'd let me go to the Gnome country and help them out of their troubles.' "'Go, my dear, if you wish to,' replied Ozma. "'But I think it would be best for you to take the wizard with you.' "'Oh, I'm not afraid of the gnomes,' said Dorothy. "'But I'll be glad to take the wizard for company. "'And may we use your magic carpet, Ozma?' "'Of course. "'Put the magic carpet in the red wagon, "'and have the sawhorse take you and the wizard to the edge of the desert. "'While you are gone, Dorothy, I'll watch you in the magic picture.' And if any danger threatens you, I'll see you are not harmed. Dorothy thanked the ruler of Oz and kissed her goodbye, for she was determined to start at once. She found the Wizard of Oz, who was planting shoe-trees in the garden, and when she told him Inga's story, he willingly agreed to accompany the little girl to the Gnome King's caverns. They had both been there before, and had conquered the gnomes with ease, so they were not at all afraid. The wizard, who was a cheery little man with a bald head and a winning smile, harnessed the wooden sawhorse to the red wagon and loaded on Ozma's magic carpet. Then he and Dorothy climbed to the seat, and the sawhorse started off and carried them swiftly through the beautiful land of Oz to the edge of the deadly desert that separated their fairyland from the gnome country. Even Dorothy and the clever wizard would not have dared to cross this desert without the aid of the magic carpet, for it would have quickly destroyed them. But when the roll of carpet had been placed upon the edge of the sands, leaving just enough lying flat for them to stand on, the carpet straightway began to unroll before them, and as they walked on it continued to unroll, until they had safely passed over the stretch of deadly desert and were on the border of the Gnome King's dominions. This journey had been accomplished in a few minutes, although such a distance would have required several days' travel had they not been walking on the magic carpet. On arriving they at once walked toward the entrance to the caverns of the gnomes. 
The wizard carried a little black bag containing his tools of wizardry, while Dorothy carried over her arm a covered basket in which she had placed a dozen eggs with which to conquer the gnomes if she had any trouble with them. Eggs may seem to you to be a queer weapon with which to fight, but the little girl well knew their value. The gnomes are immortal. That is, they do not perish as mortals do, unless they happen to come in contact with an egg. If an egg touches them, either the outer shell or the inside of the egg, the gnomes lose their charm of perpetual life, and thereafter are liable to die through accident or old age, just as all humans are. For this reason the sight of an egg fills a gnome with terror and he will do anything to prevent an egg from touching him, even for an instant. So when Dorothy took her basket of eggs with her, she knew that she was more powerfully armed than if she had a regiment of soldiers at her back. End of Chapter 20 Show notes. Check them out. That's where you're going to find sponsors and guests and t-shirts and stickers and high fives all right thanks everyone we'll see you later hey everyone thanks again for listening to the show music is by me db spitzer edited and produced by me db spitzer the interview portions are always edited and produced by david heath and hey you can find us wherever you find podcasts so check out pgttcm.com and if you don't want to check out the patreon if you don't want to do that and you want to help out the show just go to sponsors or buy t-shirts or anything like that anything helps thank you again